Before we get to the show today, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by the great folks at Amcrest. Amcrest products are a part of a generation of advanced remote monitoring, communication, and surveillance systems which bridge the gap between powerful capability, ease of use, and affordability. With their high quality and robust designs, their cameras allow you to securely monitor your home, run your small business, or medium to large enterprises. Amcrest cameras are specifically designed to record and deliver live video and audio to you anywhere in the world. I'm now running my meetings, my ministry appointments, and all my content teaching with a webcam made by Amcrest. I like its ease of use, the quality, the durability, and the reliability that their AWC 2198 with dual microphones provides me. For the modest price, this would be a great starter camera for anyone looking to improve their picture and sound on a Zoom or Skype or Google Hangout call. I'm also using my webcam to post podcast videos to YouTube. And if you're in the market to upgrade your USB camera for your laptop or computer for a very reasonable price, go check out the outstanding selection of products at amcrest.com. That's spelled A-M-C-R-E-S-T dot com. Elizabeth Myers is a veteran, the wife of a full afterburner fighter pilot, and the mother of eight energetic children. This dynamic combination leads to no small amount of chaos in her day-to-day life. The sudden death of her pre-born son radically altered the course of Elizabeth's life. The resulting struggle she had through depression and anxiety left her undone, but God was faithful to her even when she wasn't. Elizabeth's personal journey from trial to triumph has filled her with a passion to encourage others like herself, whose faith sometimes falters in the face of harsh realities. You can connect with her blog, online course, and many other helpful resources at her website, elizabethmyers.me. primary thing for me was I realized I had my filter flipped upside down. I had been taking my life experiences and looking at the Bible and going, yeah, what I'm experiencing isn't matching up with this. But to turn that around and to say the Bible is true, and then to filter all my life experience through that and go, this is true, this is immovable. Liz Myers shares her story as the author of Undefeated, From Trial to Triumph, How to Stop Fighting the Wrong Battles and Start Living Victoriously. In addition to supporting her fighter pilot husband and home educating the six of her eight children who have not yet left the nest, she's also a blogger and a motivational speaker, dishing out resilient life hacks for overcoming adversity and living with purpose. She's currently producing content for her podcast by the same title, Resilient Life Hacks with Elizabeth Myers. The depression and anxiety that she experienced following the death of her son in his second trimester made her passionate about helping others in their mental health to fortify their faith and to live life more abundantly. I hope you enjoy our conversation today on the Encouragers United Podcast.
Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Encouragers United podcast for this week. I have the pleasure to introduce to you Elizabeth Myers. Liz, say hi to everybody and maybe just introduce yourself. Yeah, hello. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. It's great to be here. Um, I'm Like you said, I'm Liz Myers. I'm a military spouse married to a fighter pilot. So we move around a lot. We have a large family. I used to be active duty military myself, uh, but I say I traded in my boots for bottles and got promoted to motherhood and <laughs> have never worked harder in my life. Yeah, so, I can um, imagine. Yeah, it's been, it's, we have a fun family. Well, Liz, you and I uh, cross paths because you've written a book. It's called Undefeated, mm-hmm. uh, and it really is a, a, a memoir, but you're coaching people through some very traumatic things um, as you reflect on some things that you've been through. Why don't you tell us the impetus of the book and uh, where that came from and just a little bit of your life story that that led to you writing this great work that I appreciate you giving it to me, actually, and, and you've done a great work here. Mm-hmm. Tell us where this came from. So yes, prior to this tragic time in my life, I was just kind of chugging along as a Christian and, you know, feeling tight with God. And I kind of have, I call it my fair weather faith of, I just thought, you know, if I do the right things, God will honor that and God will bless me and life will be swell. Um, But in 2007, there was actually a lot of things in my life that began to unravel and a lot of people, I was praying for healing and I was praying for marriages to be restored and all these different things. And, and my friends were dying, marriages were being broken up. It was just one thing after another, God just kept saying he wasn't, he wasn't answering the way I wanted him to. And um, the culmination of that point was um, I was 14 weeks pregnant and um, our baby suddenly passed away and was born at, we were on vacation. I was visiting my parents. And, um, so his, his body was born. He had already died probably a few days, maybe up to a week prior, but we didn't know. And, um, you know, just holding that little tiny light, he fit in the, in the palm of my hand. Hmm. Um, he's just, I, I can't really adequately describe that moment. And I remember, you know, hearing, sounds of this woman wailing and, you know, realizing it was me that I'm like, I don't even know where this sound is coming from. Um, So there was that, that initial tragedy, that trauma that really, I, I kind of suffered from a a mini version of PTSD, if there is a mini version, (laughs) but, you know, I I relived that moment for years later, but it also kicked off a, a long stretch over several years where I just struggled in every area. I was physically weak from complications that followed that I was emotionally devastated and really struggled to process grief when with an unborn child. It's our culture doesn't really know how to do that. It doesn't really know how to respect or honor that kind of grief. And um, I, I often felt, especially I struggled with bitterness towards some of the medical people that I interacted with because there was a sense of that that didn't really count as a life. So therefore there was no death. And I really felt that in order to protect another woman's right to choose, I was denied my right to grieve the son that I wanted. Um, So that was kind of devastating and hurtful to me. Uh, But worst of all, I really just got in this spiritual funk where I felt like God had abandoned me. I felt like, you know, my my prayers were just bouncing off the ceiling. Um, The day that we left the hospital, that was the hardest day of my life to leave his body behind. They wouldn't let me have his body back when, um, we went to the hospital after he was born at home and um, they were going to sprinkle his 
ashes in this garden that they had at the hospital. So my husband and I stopped by there on our way out and there was, you know, kind of low rumbling thunder in the distance. And I just felt in my spirit, like God said, I'm always with you. And then radio silence, like that was all I heard for, for several years. I just felt abandoned. So I just really struggled with doubting my faith. I doubted everything that I had ever believed. I thought, have I fallen for a lie? Is this even real? And there was no outlet for that. You know, I did not, I could not find a safe place to voice those concerns without somebody going, ah, blasphemer, you know? Um, So I think it's just, you know, important for us as Christians, you know, even when we are very solid in our faith to make room for those people who are struggling and doubting and and give them a space to just be real and raw with their emotions all throughout the Bible. I mean, read the Psalms, you know, God's okay with that. He's okay with us expressing our pain and our grief and our doubts and, and asking our questions of them. You know, I don't understand this, God, how can this be your will? So I think just modeling that for other people is helpful. Yeah, it is. And you've captured it in the book. I I can attest to that. I love the way you share some scripture, uh, like you say, uh, perhaps a, a psalm. And then I see you go right into it. I didn't believe this. I didn't know how to respond to this. I, I didn't I didn't know how to process this. Um, and so I can see that we can almost see the transformation. Um, you know, as you processed it for us, you reminisce through those times, which is so valuable. Um, and, and so, but this is years past, you've got other children that you've can, you had to kind of get back into life, right? You already yeah. had, I believe eight children at that time. I had um, five. This okay. was our, our okay. sixth yep. pregnancy. And yep. I had three three after. <laughs> yeah. So you've three processed this. Yeah. You've processed this. Um, but that, that child is of course never forgotten. I, I think that's really important. Um, but you, uh, felt led, tell me the, where the corner you, you kind of turned the corner. Did something mm-hmm. happen? Did someone come alongside you? What was the impetus then for you to kind of feel like, okay, you know what? I process this now. And not only am I healthier, but now I'm going to make this move mm-hmm. to help others. Yeah. So I I basically hid the depression I was suffering with. I was a high functioning, depressed person. I had a smile on the outside. You know, if you asked me, I would have said, everything's fine. But on the inside, I was just empty and just hurting. I just carried this weight. And basically the impetus was I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yep. And finally, the pain of changing exceeded the pain of staying the way I was. Mm. And, um, but I couldn't figure out, you know, which came first. Am I tired because I'm depressed or I'm exhausted and that makes me depressed or am I missing some physical vitamin or something, or is all of this happening because I'm struggling with these doubts with God. And so he's punishing me this for this, you know, I didn't know where to start. So I just decided I was going to attack all four fronts. This is my military thinking coming into play, but spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically, I took deliberate steps to improve wherever I was to just take the next baby step forward. So I did, I went to my pastor and his wife and I, I said, Hey, I'm struggling. I'm depressed and I have doubts about God and this is what I'm dealing with. And they prayed for me and his wife said, Hey, I've gone through a time like this too. And I'm like, all these, you know, past couple of years, I've been sitting here under these people learning from them and I had no idea. And, but when I finally, you know, let my guard down and reached out, they were there to welcome me with open arms. And that was such a relief to me because I expected judgment when I confessed that. 
And I just got love. I just got grace. And I got, hey, me too. We've been there. And that was so just healing in that moment. And there were just all these little moments of healing. Mm -hmm. um, but I changed the way I think. A primary thing for me was I realized I had my filter flipped upside down. I had been taking my life experiences and looking at the Bible and going, yeah, what I'm experiencing isn't matching up with this. But to turn that around and to say the Bible is true, and then to filter all my life experience through that and go, this is true, this is immovable. But in light of that, you know, what does this mean? And just yes. to believe anyway, to hang on to God's love, no matter what, even when it doesn't, you know, by outward appearances, he seems to be ignoring me or not loving me. That's not true. To right. hold on to the truth of the Bible in spite of what's going on around me. So mm. that was a big, huge mental shift. And then physically just uh, taking care of my body better. I, I did seek medical help. I got on an antidepressant, which doesn't fix everything. I know. But it did give me just a little boost where I could do these other things. Because sure, before that, I, you know, I just couldn't even get out of bed. And I sought yeah. a professional Christian counselor who was trained in, you know, psychology things. And they helped me get unstuck. So there was a, a lot of different steps that I took. And it wasn't, you know, a miraculous instant where everything came together. But it was just baby steps. I compare it to, you know, walking through a valley. It talks about yeah. the, the valley of the shadow of death. And it is a valley. And it's just one step at a time. And if it, so on the cover yeah. of my book, you know, there's a, a person overlooking a dark valley that are, they're kind of partway up the mountain. And that's where in I fact, felt our, like I was at. Our viewers on podcast on uh, YouTube, uh, sorry to you podcast listeners, but <laughs> right up beside Liz behind her on the bookshelf is a copy of the book. And so, uh, yeah. but yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that, that, uh, that point you make and in that, because uh, I, in ministry and in coming alongside folks in, in, in encouragement ministry, prayer ministry, we often have to encourage people not to see God through our circumstances, right. but ultimately to switch that and to mm -hmm. see our circumstances through God. Exactly. Uh, and that, that um, you know, study of scripture and spending time with trusted individuals who mm -hmm. uh, are going to pray for us and, and strengthen us. And, and so you developed a, a framework and I, I love the, the reference that you made to the military and your, your, yours and your husband's experience in the military. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you so much for your service to our country and yeah. in that way, but you mentioned four fronts for this battle mm -hmm. and what are, what would you give us the keys of just the four keys, maybe some, uh, some, some highlights of overcoming adversity by addressing all four of those fronts because we often think the adversity is in just one you know i have this right. or i have you know a spiritual ailment or you know but you're saying all these things are so integrated that we have to engage all four fronts yes i think that's really wise yeah and that's what the content of my second book is about which i'm working on right now it's called undaunted the, the awesome. first book is about recognizing the battle we're in, knowing who our real enemy mm. is, and it's not our circumstance, and it's not the people that we're frustrated with, mm. knowing who our God is and that he's for us, and knowing who we are in Christ, our, our true identity, that we are beloved and that we are warriors that are meant for victory. We're not meant to mm. feel defeated. So the next book goes into these four areas and, and some additional things of what to do there. But spiritually, it, it comes down to the the parable that Jesus gave about abiding. If you abide in me, 
you'll produce much fruit, but without me, you, you can't do anything. You're like a branch of an apple tree laying on the ground. You're not gonna make any apples. Um, so that's just all about connecting with God. And that's primarily the mechanism for me for that is prayer. And I, I could talk for a couple of hours just on that topic. I really struggled with prayer earlier in my walk, but I, I've just really dug in deep to the Lord's prayer. You know, the, the disciples mm -hmm. said, teach us how to pray. Yeah. And that's what he gave. Yeah. So there's actually, there's a prayer guide on my website. You can download there as a, like a freebie, but that's what I use to pray every day. So um, that's spiritually. Mentally is, uh, you know, I kind of shared that already, but I put reading my Bible in there because the best thing to combat negative or poisoned thinking, as I like to call it, is of course God's word, is the truth of scripture. Sure. It's the truth that sets us free from the things in our mind that bog us down. And for me, it was a big revelation of, I don't have to let every thought that flies into my head become a part of me. I can say no, I can put up a fence and you know a thought pops into my head of, oh, I'm worthless or, oh, that's my fault or, oh, God's mad at me. And I can say, no, that is not the truth. And I can point to the scripture and say, this says God loves me. I can point to the cross and say, mm -hmm. Jesus gave everything for me yep. and I can defeat that lie. And that to me was a huge revelation of just because I think it doesn't mean it's true. And that's where the mental battle is waged. Mm -hmm. um, and then for the heart, um, th so there's the heart and the mind are kind of intertwined and it's kind of hard to separate those. Um, but I think a lot of that comes down to gratitude. When we're thankful for what we've been given, we're not as likely to complain about what we don't have. And I think that we really find what we seek. And when I was seeking all the things that would confirm my opinion that God didn't like me, I found plenty of reasons to justify my grumpy attitude. But when I seek ways that I believe God is blessing me, I just, they just pop up all over the place. Like little day. Yep. I'm like, Oh, God's God loves me. He's taking care of me in all these small things. Yep. And we, we find him when we seek him, when we look for him. So gratitude is a huge part of that. And then physically, I, um, there's a lot of reasons why people exercise or get fit. And most of them are based on temporal things, but I feel like our body, our physical body, even though I think in Western Christianity, we kind of tend to ignore it a little too much it is critical. And that's what keeps us tied to this earth. That what is enables us to serve God. Once our body dies, then we go to be with Jesus, which is awesome, but we've lost our opportunity to serve here on earth. Mm -hmm. So to me, keeping our body strong is keeping ourselves ready to have that opportunity to serve others. And then in the book, I had a, a fifth one, willpower. And that yeah. starts with surrendering our will to God. And then worship is an act of our will. So that kind of ties in all the like five kind of disciplines of Christianity, of prayer, Bible, you know, giving generosity, thankfulness. And um, what's the last one I just said? Yeah, the physical will, <laughs> the physical nature the will, and the then worship. our will. Yeah, our yeah, will worship. and our, our Oh, and then also with the heart him. comes fellowship of being, yeah. you know, with other like-minded Christians. So um, even though they're different, you know, only one of them is spiritual, really all of them, you know, God, all truth is you God's bet. truth. You so. bet. Oh, that's so good. It's in, it's, uh, I think um, I'll pick on you a little bit. You're a homeschool mom here. Yeah. You're, you've you've uh, you've got two that I think are out of the house now, but you're homeschooling mm -hmm. six kids, and you got to be organized, right? And so mm -hmm. I think there's this aspect of you, uh, as you just explained that, that there is a systematic way that we mm -hmm. can kind of build a life that yeah. is uh, 
resilient. You know, you, you coined that phrase in the book a lot. Tell us what you think the word resilient means. And when I say, I want to have a resilient life, what's that mean to you? I think it comes down to our ability to bounce back and to keep going and to overcome obstacles. Uh, we can't choose the things that come into our lives a lot of time. Uh, sometimes we make bad choices and we bring things upon ourselves, but there are, are times when we cannot choose the thing that happens to us, but we can choose how we respond to it. And we can't go through life and never, ever get knocked down, but we can get back up again afterwards. And so to me, that's what being resilient is about. It's awesome. Yeah. And and you outline that in the book in a really systematic way. So I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that it's you, you took one piece at a time. And if you're taking care of those four or five things, like you mentioned, you're going to build a resilient life, which is the, the, and, you know, now, as you look back on the tragedy as the, as the adversity that you, you know, really went through, um, you you got motivated to say no i need to tell someone this this these are mm -hmm. keys to open locks in people's lives and so tell us about that point where you, you yeah. sat down as a family and said you know what uh you know husband i i've got a i've got a message inside me mm -hmm. and so tell us about that transition and when you said i want to be a speaker i yeah. know there's people out there you know some god put this in me for a reason there's a purpose in my pain and, and mm -hmm. tell us how that happened and that too has been very gradual. It started because the counselor I was seeing recommended that when I was feeling, because I would have ups and downs. So when I was feeling better to write a letter to my depressed self. And so mm -hmm. I was journaling, I was spending quiet time with the Lord in the morning. I was writing down scriptures that were encouraging to me. And about three quarters of the way through the first notebook, I went, I think this is a book. Like they started to kind of center around these same themes kept coming up over and over. And I was just like, somebody else needs this. I want to I want to give somebody else the shortcut because I wandered around in the wilderness for five unnecessary years. Mm. And, you know, if I could just go back and say to my younger self, it doesn't have to be this way and, and give myself some truth and some reason in that moment, it really would have helped me. So I want to be that for other people. Um, but it happened very gradually. So I, I was like, okay, I want to write a book. I had no idea how to do that. And so I got online and, and I read something. It's like, well, if you want to be an author, you have to have a blog. So I started blogging, you know, and it's just kind of been little one step at a time like that. I'm not going to take you through the whole thing. It took me three years to actually get the book baby born. Sure. Um, cause it wound up being a little more difficult than I had anticipated, but God is good. I, there were so many times I was like, I would, I would be yep. here going, who am I to write a book called undefeated when I feel so defeated today? And that was just the enemy discouraging me, you know? Yeah. But, um, the exciting thing is that now my husband is coming to the end of his 25 year career mm. in the military and he's getting ready to retire and we're are doing a little bit of adjusting in our roles. And so, the primary focus um, of our family now, we've been supporting this military career, uh, but our family is shifting now to support the speaking and the, mm -hmm. the ministry that I do online and, and through events and things. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's really neat to have the support of my husband and all that. He, he'll he take the kids camping so that I can have a, a quiet space to write and just the partnership that we have on that, you know, it, it takes all of us work. I mean, even right now I, I'm homeschooling the kids. I'm like, okay, I'm going online to record something. You guys have to be quiet. Yeah. So everybody be quiet. You know, mom's got to get on the computer. Yeah. yeah. So it really well, is a family effort. Yeah. It, as really it should be, it's not just your thing. And I think right. that leads me to segue into another aspect of our conversation and mm -hmm. that you folks as a family have dealt with this. And so, you know, coach, 
perhaps because of the experience that you had with your husband and the other children and, and a pastor and a, and a pastor's wife, but coach us in how you would um, best approach someone that we may know and, and we want to help them. They, they've been through a tragedy. They've been through the, the loss of a loved one. Uh, perhaps, uh, like you mentioned earlier, the, the, the ending of a marriage, uh, any number of things that, that could be really, you know, tough, adver- you know, adverse things. Coach us in how best mm-hmm. to comfort that person, to coach them and to come alongside them with an encouragement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the primary key is to remember that we're all broken in one way or another. We're all in the same boat and it's sinking without Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's not like one person is better than another or that person deserves to be in pain because they brought it upon themselves or any of this. That goes back to the whole, remember what the battle actually is. It's it's the spiritual forces of darkness against the spiritual forces of God. And it's not about this person or that person, but just to embrace a person who is hurting with unconditional love, with the grace of Jesus, you know, to not judge of why they're in that situation, whether you agree or disagree with whatever happened prior to it, whether you understand the specific thing they're going through, um, you know, I, I understand some specific situations, you know, about losing a baby. There's other experiences I haven't had, but I, I can just see the commonalities in a lot of the pain that we have. And I think just entering into that with them, you know, the Bible says to weep with those who weep. And I recently, yeah. um, I was flying on an airplane and right as they shut the door and the, the aircraft was quiet, you know, we're getting ready to taxi back. The woman next to us got a phone call that her son had just passed away. She it was an adult mm. son. She was flying like a, literally across the country mm. to go visit him. He had been in a car accident and she didn't make it in time. Mm. And she was, uh, you know, just brokenhearted and just wailing. And, and I hear her frantically on the phone trying to call other family members and tell them before they turn it off. And and I'm just my husband and I swap spots because he was in the middle seat between us and uh And when she hung up, I just fell over on her shoulder and we just hugged each other and cried, you know, COVID or no COVID. In that moment, we were just two moms grieving. And um, just, I I didn't need to say any, there's nothing you can say, but just crying with her. Um, and, and so it was like a three hour ride. So, you know, by the end we're like, I love you. And, you know, we've traded information, (laughs) we've kept in touch. but I think just being willing to enter into that pain with them. I'm a very strong yeah. empath, empathetic person. So yeah. that comes almost a little too easily to me. Uh, for others, you know, it's it's more of a challenge. And then, uh, like I said, just being open to letting a person process a thing. When they're going through something difficult, some ugly things may come to the surface. You know, people may say things that they don't mean or they may you know, throw out something about God that's not true or, but just let them get that out. Cause it's just like any yep. wound. If you leave the junk in there, it will get infected. You can't just cover it up. You have to get the gunk out of the wound so that it can heal properly. So those would be a couple of suggestions. Yeah, or, those or are wonderful. And I think that's so powerful for, you know, most of our listenership is high energy, positive minded, optimistic people who, you know, have a, have this skill of reframing, you know, well, it'll be okay. Uh, And in that, in that moment, yeah, yeah. And in that moment, there was a divine appointment for you to sit next to that uh, person, to that soul and to Mm -hmm. grieve and to uh, share that moment uh, in any way that you can. And so, Mm -hmm. Wow. And, and we pray that, you know, 
she did benefit from having a person uh, who has experienced the death of a child uh, sitting next to her on the plane for for those three hours. So mm-hmm. um, we never know how God can yeah. use us by coming alongside, but we have to be, I think that's the, that's the lesson that I'm learning is that I need to listen first, uh, not be quite so quick to, to jump to the solution, you know, try to fix things, yeah. uh, but to understand that there is, there is actually uh, some value in the process. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I see in your story is that you did suffer on, on, you know, unimaginably, but God can bring, um, you know, gardens out of those graves, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Liz, thanks so much for your time. This is a wonderful uh, ministry and your podcast. We haven't really talked about that, but I'll let people check that out. It's called Resilient Life Hacks. And you can guess that it's advice from a person like Liz and your guests to to work through, uh, you know, circumstances in life and to become more durable. And uh, and then you have an online course as well. It's uh, called Created for Victory overcoming adversity uh and that is all available on your website so to all the podcast listeners i like to offer a free pdf copy of my book so if you go to that url slash free book um no hyphens or anything uh you can download a copy of that and if you do it will it should give you a coupon for the course the course is actually based off the book it's um basic i did a i was a keynote speaker at a women's retreat so it's like an entire weekend's worth of the material it doesn't repeat the book identically but it complements it and there's some worksheets there to do and things like that so um if you go through it that way you can get a good deal on it awesome that's great that's so nice of you Liz, thanks again so much for your time. The the Encouragers United listenership really appreciates all that you're doing and and really all that you've been through. Uh, but thanks for stepping into this and uh, and helping those uh, that that you come in contact with. It's been great to have you on the show today. Yes, thank you. God can redeem anything. Next week on the Encouragers United podcast. I have the pleasure to sit down with my younger sister, Heather Erb. She's an on-air radio personality with Shine.fm, and she uses her life experience and everyday happenings to encourage others with the gift of her voice. You won't want to miss it. People tune in to Christian radio. They tune in to me because they don't, they need a break from what's going on in the world. And they not only get great music, but they get hopefully uh, some reminders of who God is and the truth of who he is. Thanks for listening. The Encouragers United podcast is only a part of the ministry I'm developing with high-energy, positive-minded encouragers like you. We have several other resources for you. I would love for you to join our Facebook group, Encouragers United, for discussion, idea sharing, and testimonies. I also host a Facebook Live each week. It's called Tuesday Tea with Charlie G. We spend just 15 minutes together over a cup of tea or coffee. I'll share some laughs, thoughts to hopefully inspire you, and perhaps some teaching and resources you can use to make your life better. I also host a web blog with helpful written information, resource links, and an occasional video. Feel free to check that out at charlesrgrimes.com. 
please subscribe, like, and share my work with those that you feel could benefit. I want you to grow and mature in your encouragement gifts. Join the community. We're in this thing together.